The comprehensive plan sets the foundation for providing um, a kind of a roadmap. It sets the foundation for other policy documents. It provides the foundation for decisions that our board makes about funding decisions and budget and where we put new schools and parks. Um, so it's it's a really important document um, that impacts our community. And um, I think it really does impact people's day-to-day lives. That was Rachel Falkenstein, Planning Manager in Long Range Planning. Today, our conversation will focus on the comprehensive plan update, what it is, what it's used for, and we'll get some insight into the project team's role in the process. Welcome to Let's Talk Albemarle. I'm your host, Serena Gruya. I'm the Public Engagement Coordinator with Albemarle County in beautiful Central Virginia. Every day, I learn more about local government and our community. I've spoken with so many people who really want to get involved in local governance, but don't know where to start. Well, it's my hope that this podcast is a starting point to supporting community participation. And for those of you who are already super engaged, a chance to dig into important topics. So today, let's talk, Albemarle, about growth management and the comprehensive plan update. Well, I'm so excited to have our next guest, Rachel Falkenstein, who is the planning manager in long-range planning in our community development department. Hello, Rachel. How are you? Good. How are you, Serena? Thanks for having me. Yeah, so excited to get into this conversation. Well, we're just going to jump right into it. Um, So tell me, planning manager in long-range planning, uh, at a high level, what does your job entail? At a high level, we... Myself and my team work on the county's comprehensive plan and all everything that entails. So the comprehensive plan, uh, as you might guess by its name, is very comprehensive. It in, it entails a lot of other policies and a lot of other more focused planning documents like our master plans and small area plans. So my I manage that process and I have a team that works with me and helps me um, update our plans and and policies. So long range, long range, what does that exactly mean? How many years are we looking? Usually we look out 20 years and that number comes actually from the state of Virginia. They require localities to have a comprehensive plan that plans for 20 years out into the future. So we use that on most of our planning documents. What interests you about the job? What, um, what brought you to the job and what kind of keeps you here? Oh, that's a good question. Um, initially, I studied planning in school. I have a master's degree in urban planning, and I've always been really interested in places, different types of places, cities, towns, rural areas. Also come at it from an environmental perspective and understand the importance of good planning on environmental protection and also um, just impacting people's lives, making uh, hopefully improved quality of life for members of the community. And I'm sure there's some challenges you face. So what what are some of those challenges in the job? Yeah. So on the flip side of that, uh, especially here in Albemarle County, we have such a wide variety of places. We have really rural places. We have a, a very large rural area that's filled with farms and forests and small little communities. But we're also urbanizing. Um, we we historically were pretty suburban, but we're seeing more urban style of development 
um, more density, more walkability, which is great, but it brings a challenge to how to integrate all of these types of places and provide services for our community. Yeah, I think that it is a signal that we have had such good planning that so many people want to move here. And, you know, we hear daily people who are coming from, you know, Northern Virginia, from the West Coast, all over, um, because of a lot of the the beauty that we have here in the community and a lot of the the assets that we have. It's, it's quite a draw. So I imagine that is a challenge as well when we think about so many people who want to live here. Uh, want to move here, do move here, and people who have been here for generations. So there's a, a lot of different perspectives and reasons why people w- come and stay. Um, so getting to that, we just began a really big project, the Comprehensive Plan Update, or AC44. Can you tell us about that project and some reasons you think people in our community should care about that project? Sure. So AC44 is the name we've given to our comprehensive plan update. And AC stands for Almoral County. 44 stands for the year 2044. As I mentioned earlier, it's a 20-year planning process we typically look out to on our long-range plans. In our update, we're anticipating completing the comprehensive plan update in the year 2024. So looking out from that year, 20 years. Um, And that project is an update to the county's current comprehensive plan. It was last updated in 2015. And the comprehensive plan sets a vision for the the future of the county and includes topics such as transportation, land use, protection of natural resources, and parks and schools. So it's a very comprehensive document, and we're just starting the process to update that now. And the first phase of the project is centered on our growth management policy. Can you tell us what that is? Sure. The growth management policy looks at where and how we grow in the county. And when we talk about growth, we talk about uh, new development and where people are going to live and shop and work and go to school. And the current policy divides the county into rural areas and development areas. Our development areas are the places where we want to see the majority of our new residential, commercial, business growth. The rural areas are really about protecting our resources, and that would include farms, forests, historic resources. There are a lot of uh, interesting historic towns and houses in the rural areas. So we want to preserve and protect those resources and see the majority of our new growth and development in the development areas. And right now, um, the current policy has about 5% of the land dedicated to development areas and 95% rural areas. What would you say is a big um, difference between that 5%? uh, Is it services, infrastructure, um, compared to the 95%? Yeah, you nailed it. It's all of those things. We we attempt to provide the majority of the infrastructure, services, and things like schools and parks in the development area that's most accessible to people. That allows the county to more efficiently provide those services with when it's a smaller area of land where we have to provide roads and transportation routes. Um, whereas in the rural areas, you'll see less of those things. The county isn't doing building a lot of new roads or intersections or even schools in the rural areas right now. We're trying to concentrate that more in the development areas. So we know that um, we have some trends to look at. We have uh, a housing deficit, 
We have an aging population. We have uh, what we'll call a distributed workforce where a lot of people who work um, in the county cannot afford to live in the county. Um, how, how does the growth management policy, uh, cons- or how do we consider those needs and those trends as we uh, have this conversation about growth management? That's a great question and a tough question and one we're trying to wrestle with right now. We're trying to understand our community and understand the needs of our community looking out 20 years. So we're trying to look at these trends and understand uh, if we're meeting our needs for housing for people who want to live here, people who live here and have families that want to stay. So we want to accommodate the growth that we expect in our community. We want to be a welcoming community where people who want to live here can afford to live here. So we're looking at data about housing, commuting patterns, and things like that to consider if we need to make some changes or adjustments to our growth management policy. So yeah, you mentioned data. A big part of the community engagement process is sharing data so that our community can develop informed perspectives. What are some of the resources that you have provided or will provide to help people come to the project informed? We'll continue to provide data and information throughout the process. So far, we've been focused on growth management. So we're looking at um, a little bit of history of growth management in the county. So we've provided some maps um, in a document we're we're calling a background report about growth management. Um, The county has had a growth management policy since the 1970s. And we've um, developed some maps showing where the county's development areas have been over time. The development areas have changed. Um, We've always had a growth management policy since the 70s, but the boundaries of those development areas have evolved. So we we have that kind of series of maps and information about population and growth and trends over over the history of since the 1970s. And now we're starting to look forward. So we're starting to think about How do we expect to grow in the future? What are some projections for population growth? Do we have land available for that, the needs of the community for housing and businesses? So we've worked with with a team to help us do some analysis and looking out into the future and that um, we're working on getting available online. Um, We have an initial kind of set of slides about that and we'll provide more and more information as we start to pull it together. I know that the team has been charged with incorporating our climate goals and our mission of providing a high quality of life for all residents. Uh, What are some of the ways you think through growth management using those lenses of equity and stewardship? One of our goals with the Comprehensive Plan Update is to incorporate the climate action uh, goals from the Climate Action Plan um, and also the concept of equity. And so part of that is looking at existing conditions, understanding where we are today. So we've incorporated in those background reports some information about climate. What are our missions currently? What are the sources? Is something is there something we can do with our growth policy to to help uh, support those climate goals for of reducing emissions? We've also incorporated data from the Almoral County Equity Profile which is a snapshot in time of quality of life factors from our community. And we want to ask the question, how has growth management impacted some of these quality of life factors, such as access to health, um, life expectancy in our community? There's geographical differences um, in our community from place to place of these quality of life factors. So we want to consider, has the growth management policy impacted that? And if so, what adjustments can we make? 
our county has over 100,000 people. And with that comes, as we know, a wide range of interests and perspectives. Can you describe some of the interests that people bring to the growth management conversation? Sure. I certainly can't cover them all because, as you mentioned, it's it's a wide variety of perspectives. Um, and we love hearing people's lived experiences and ideas about the vision of our community. Um, we, we've heard in this last round of engagement that we did um, back in May um, that people are really invested in our community. They love it here. You mentioned earlier, some people have recently moved here because they're trying to get away from something, um, typically like traffic and, um, expansive growth that they're seeing in often Northern Virginia or other places in the Commonwealth. Um, we've heard from people who've lived here their whole lives, um, and are concerned about the change and the population growth and the additional traffic on the roads. We've heard people who bring an environmental perspective. They are really worried about climate change and want to make sure that the climate perspective is considered in this this comprehensive plan update. Um, I could go on, um, but those are some of the big themes I would say we've heard so far, um, but definitely just a wide variety of perspectives, as you said. Taking all of the variety of interests and perspectives into account, um, how does the project team design a policy or a plan that balances those interests? Oh, that well, that's the that's the tricky task here. Um, it's ultimately up to our board of supervisors to kind of decide where they think we should go with the growth management policy. But we as staff try our best to synthesize the feedback we've heard and incorporate the feedback into a recommended policy. Um, one one that I didn't mention on your last question was the affordability of the area. Um, while people don't don't want to see a lot of new growth and don't want to see a lot of change. There are also people who want to stay here, who currently live here, that are worried that they're not going to be able to afford to live here in the future. So we've got to balance the need for people to have places to live, have housing that's affordable to them with the desire to protect uh, things that are special about our community. So really just trying to strike a balance um, and find the policy recommendation that most aligns with the vision of our community members. We know this is a a long project. It's going to take about three years to complete. um, And we're just at the beginning. But looking ahead, what are you looking forward to with this project? That's a good question. Sometimes things move so quickly that I don't have time to think and reflect about what I'm looking forward to. Um, I think I'm looking forward to hopefully engaging with new members of our community. I mentioned equity as as one of the lenses we're trying to update this plan. And part of that is our process for the update and trying to connect with members of the community who maybe haven't come out to a planning meeting before. Maybe they don't even know what the comprehensive plan is. Uh, We are trying our best to reach those new voices to hear their input, their thoughts on the vision for their community and what the plan can do to um, better align with their vision and improve their quality of life in the community. So I'm looking forward to that. We have um, new resources available to us as an organization that we didn't have last time we did this. We have a Department of Communications and Public Engagement. I know, Serena, you're well familiar with that. Um, We also have an Office of Equity and Inclusion who has been, um, both teams have been helpful with us trying to reach out and make our materials more accessible. All right. This is our last question, and I think it's the trickiest one. 
Uh, We know that everyone is busy. We're still in the midst of a pandemic, and there are a million other reasons not to get involved. Let's say this is the only moment you have people's attention. What would you say to convince them to participate in this process? So what we've what we've heard, what we've started to hear through the engagement we've done and the connections we've made is the importance of providing good schools, good parks, infrastructure and protecting the places we love. People have have shared shared these goals. And I would say they're shared goals broadly across the community. The comprehensive plan sets the foundation for providing um, a kind of a roadmap to how to reach those goals. Um, it sets it sets the foundation for other policy documents. It provides the foundation for decisions that our board makes about funding decisions and budget and where we put new schools and parks. Um, so it's it's a really important document um, that impacts our community. And um, I think it really does impact people's day-to-day lives. So I would encourage people to come out, share your thoughts, share what you think um, is working well in the community, what's important to protect, and then where you want to see the community um, grow and improve in the future. Okay. So listeners, you can't see me, but I'm crossing my fingers right now in the hopes that you are now um, encouraged and excited to participate Um, Rachel, tell our listeners what is the first step people need to do to to get into this conversation. The first thing you should do is visit our project website, which is engage.albemarle.org slash AC44. And we have a ton of information on that website, including how you can connect with us, how you can get involved, how you can share your input. Uh, you can you can register on the website for frequent updates. We send out monthly updates as well as every time we post something new, we'll let folks know who have registered. So I would encourage people to start there. Um, if you don't have access to the internet, reach out to our department, reach out to me, um, Rachel Falkenstein in the Community Development Department, and we will share opportunities to get involved. We have in-person inve- events, uh, throughout this process where you can come talk to us. And so I will have all of this information in our show notes. So make sure that you check those out. Um, And thank you, Rachel, for joining us today and sharing all this information with us. Um, I'm really excited to bring you back to to our show to um, talk about the next phases. And um, thank you, listeners, for paying attention. Thanks for having me, Serena. And that wraps up our conversation with Rachel Falkenstein. First, thanks to Rachel for being our guest and thank you for listening. I would love to hear from you. Call or email me to share your constructive feedback, suggest a topic, or ask a question you have about Albemarle County local government. 434-296-5841, extension 3274, or S-G-R-U-I-A, at albemarle.org. Albemarle, we need to have a talk. Let's talk Albemarle!